0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another Rugby Muscle Podcast live Q&A edition on the Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook page. I'm your host as always TJ and as always with these Q&A editions going to be rattling through a few of you guys' questions. Um, more today I think we've got one big question that I'm going to try and run through and I'm happy to take some feedback from you guys and, and find out about your training splits, you guys listening Um, And I'll get into that. So the question is about training splits. But before we do, a couple housekeeping notes. So um, if you are watching on the Facebook feed, give it a thumbs up. It helps it appear in everyone else's um, feed as well. Helps us create a bit more of an atmosphere on this live Q&A as we keep going. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, thumbs up helps out the algorithm. And if you are listening on the podcast's, you can always take two minutes, give us a five-star review, and if you do that on the podcast, you will um, stand a chance at winning a free um, one-on-one consultation with me, or a free month of Team Robbie Muscle, which is world-class Strength and delivered directly to you. Um, like I said, the, today's question, or today's, I did promise, uh, who did I promise? Uh... Let me see. I promised Luke that I would answer go in depth on his question because it was quite it's one that we can go in quite a few directions. So as I'm going, if you guys are watching this on the live and you have any comments or feedback or ways that you train that you want to um sort of have me analyze, we can go into that. But most for the most part, this podcast is going to be 40 or so minutes answering maybe one, maybe I think I'm just gonna spend most of the time on this question, but I've got a couple of other questions that if I knock it out of the park too quick, which doesn't always happen because, as you can tell already, I like to ramble on a little bit. Um, So, if I do so, then we'll just stick on this question. If I um, find that, you know, we rattle through this question quite quickly. I've got a couple other questions, but as always, if you guys have a question that you want to ask live right now, give it a thumbs up, comment below, comment that question, and I will make it or I will make sure to answer any questions that are asked live before i end this podcast so anything that you want to know slot it in the comments below Um, and without further ado let's get into it so the question comes from luke who says hey man i just discovered the podcast and i'm currently making my way through all previous episodes and loving it i know you're a fan of full body workouts and i find they suit my lifestyle perfectly perfect great uh, we could finish this. It could end that question there. Um, However, they seem to be the least covered style of any workouts on any bodybuilding slash gym sites. Do you have any basic principles or useful advice for building my own full body program? Cheers. Uh, yeah, I do. So um, obviously, there's a reason, and the, I have sort of come out with this, and and I've so really like I'm very. Um, Like, not vigorous, but I'm very uh, strong in my stance here that full body workouts, of some description, and I'll get into that as we go, are by far the best way to uh, train for the vast majority of people, if not every single person. And that could even be upper body splits, which then, upper lower body splits, which you know you can still do other things so they would still count as full body every single day or every single session i think by, by far they're the best and i'll get into why here but before i do i want to clear up a few things so firstly like the the discussion around training splits to me is like way overdone right you know the amount of training uh splits that you'll see in it like and I think it's because they've got to sell bodybuilding magazines or they've got to keep writing new articles on websites or they've got to keep selling fitness magazines. Same thing, you know, here is a new way to train this. And they give you an example of a training week um, and they do that with every single article. And that a new article comes out every single week. Give this one a go, give this one a go, give this one a go. And it, it's, it's cool information to read. I, I mean... Even to this day, with all the knowledge that I've accrued, I do still enjoy looking at other people's training splits and how they decide to plan out their training now it's overstated because its importance is very much about what it means to you like how you arrange your um how you arrange your training right The split itself doesn't dictate what the training needs to be. The split itself is just how you, you've you arranged what you're doing and when you're going about doing whatever you want to do. Um, so I really think that rather than trying to find the perfect split, you've got to find so many other things first, right? If you're just discussing training splits, it's kind of like talking about how many meals you should eat in a day without thinking about the calories. Like, oh, should I eat two meals a day or should I eat six meals a day? Which is Which is better? And there's no possible answer to say, oh, you should have this many meals the same thing for your training split you can get fantastic results training only twice a week you can get fantastic results training 10 times a week you can get shit results training 10 times a week or you can get shit results training four times a week you can train all of those sessions as body part splits or you could train them as um, like almost full body now there are different ways that that can be awkward and better and there are trade-offs but that's everything to do with training is about how you can handle manage your trade-offs Um, and have, you know, the most win in your column and the most loss, not in the program. Right. So I think really it's most important is like, do you have, um, like the correct amount of volume to get, the stimulus that you want. Are you training at the correct intensity to get the stimulus that you want? Are you improving at those volumes, at those intensities? Are you improving adequately week on week on week on week? That is what's going to make you better. And then you then adjust your training regime to either fit your lifestyle, fit the different lifts that you've got to get in, different training modalities that you've got to get in. But overall, that is far more important. I think people try and, um, you know they think about their split and then they figure out and then they they try and figure out what like they should be doing for training it should be the other way around like you need to figure out what you need to do to get better or what you need to get better at first then you figure out what you need to do you figure out if that can fit what you know your your actual complete physical time constraints whether by work family training um like rugby training other lively mm-hmm. things that you're supposed to be doing then you can arrange how many sessions you can make, then you can arrange um, what would be most optimal to split those training sessions up. Now, the other thing I want to clear up before we get into like the overall principles of full body training is why, like, why this is the case that it's not really seen too much. He says that, you know, um, full body workouts seem to be the least covered style workouts of any bodybuilding gyms. I think it's number one, it's because again, it's you can do a lot more different things with training different uh, body parts. Like you can, you can um, like split them up so many different ways. If you just, if you were just to publish a new article every single uh, week for years on end, and only be doing full body workouts, full body workouts, full body workouts, it would eventually get stale or it would get the same. Whereas if you can say, Oh, today you're gonna or in this split you'll train chest and biceps, and then in this next split you'll train chest and back. And this next split you'll train chest and triceps, or the next split you'll train upper body. Like you you can keep rotating through and then giving all of those different options various um protocols within them. So it's it can keep it novel. Um the other reason is that the top, top, top bodybuilders tend to use them, um, and there's a few reasons for that as well. Number one is like from an actual physical training standpoint, why they would do it, why you would rationalise them to to say that full uh, that body part splits are the best for them. I'd say it's mostly because the if you look at the size of some of these top top bodybuilders, they are you know, 120 kilos minimum, like shredded, that is, and you know, a lot of them are like five foot eight and stuff as well, or like shorter, that's fucking huge, okay, that means their muscles are fucking huge, that means that the amount of stimulus that they need to give to their muscles is going to be massive in order to get it to grow, right, if you if they came in at, like you could take your your mum right and that's never trained before and never done anything and you can make her do ten or yeah ten body weight squats or two sets of ten body weight squats and the next day her legs would be like uh, not jelly but they'd be pretty stiff and she could just do body weight squats like on a weekly basis and she would actually get some good leg growth. Likewise, if you just did push ups or whatever, right? on the on these bodybuilders are on the complete opposite end of the uh, of the spectrum they need so much volume to grow but not just so much volume but so much weight right so you know these guys if they're doing a leg session and they've got these giant quads they're not gonna just tack on two hundred twenty-five pounds or hundred kilos and just do a few sets of ten and say, "Yeah, cool, that's like that's enough." For for the most part, they can't even do squats because it puts their back at so much risk because they need so much weight. They need to move so much tin, which means that that in general causes so much damage. It's also like a practicality standpoint. Actually, no, let's get into the practical standpoint after. It's Going back to the, the actual physical thing, so they they've they've had to put so much, um, like force through the muscle that it's going to end up taking like a week to recover from that amount of force that they've had to put through the muscle anyway. So then it's better, you know, you're better off sort of splitting it up anyway. And you know, if you're if you're put in, you know, Ronnie Coleman two thousand pound leg press, you're probably not going to train that within a few days. You're going to be probably need a few days to recover from that. Um, and then it, then it, so that way it makes sense, right? Cause they are literally destroying the, the body parts or not literally destroying them, but they're, they're really tearing them down with so much volume, so much intensity that it needs, they need a week to recover. If they were to do full body style, um, they just wouldn't be able to get the stimulus that they need because their muscles and their, they need so much weight, to grow actually, because they need so much stimulus, they would need so much weight that they just still wouldn't be able to recover in time. So if you're using that much weight, you might as well keep adding in extra volume because you're not gonna train within three days anyway. You're gonna need a few days to recover anyway. So you might as well, you've already invested 50% of that time. You might as well put the other 50% and do all of your 100% of your weekly training within that first session or within that one session in a week and give yourself the week to recover. Okay, so th- that sort of ties in the physical and the practicality standpoint as to why they they would do that, because it takes them so long to recover, because they need to put that much stimulus that they need that much to recover. You and I don't need that much stimulus to recover, um, but this that they do. That's why they do that. The other thing is it's like a time standpoint, right? If you are like if you if they I've seen natural guys that have trained full body every day, and they've done it, and they've done it with relative success. Um, the problem is that it takes two plus hours every single day. Like that just isn't like overly practical, right? Um, so therefore, it they would they would choose to do it something differently. A lot a lot of other people that if they've got one hour, then they might be able to do an upper lower split every single and then they're still kind of doing you could still do full body every day and i'll get into that in a sec but even if they do an upper lower split six days a week that's still you know going to take about an hour every single day that's quite a lot of an investment to make whereas if you, you know again practical standpoint other people if you're if you're or if you're just doing one body part um each session that would also take an hour and again, the, the crazy volumes that some of these guys use it could even be an hour and a half for these small body part splits. And then you would only hit a muscle group once a week. And that would kind of make sense. Um, the other issue is, or the other reason that they do it is because it's more fun, right? Um, the amount of guys that I've trained with where I've said, right, we're training, you know, they're like, All right, what are we doing today? Ch- chest. And I'm like, oh, and I put my hand in my head, fa- my face, or my face in my hand. I am my hand in my face. I somehow put it just right in my face. I'm just like, you fucking idiot. What, what are you talking about? What are we training today? You know, I've planned this out. You know, that I'm probably, that I, you know, if you're my friend, you know, that I'm all about full body workouts. Um, and they get a bit disappointed because they're like, Oh, I like to, I like to train the muscle. Um, you know, so I get a really good pump because if you're just doing three to six sets, um, in a session you're probably not going to get a huge pump Um, like you can do if you do real high volume or if you hit it quite well like if you find movements that work really well for you and if you split up appropriately and you train at the right intensity but for the most part you're not going to get the same pump that you would do if you did uh four different movements and four sets on each of those moves that way you would really feel a pump and some people like you like that feeling because it feels like you're growing i mean fuck, arnie said it in the legendary pumping iron that it's like coming, okay? He's like coming in the gym, it's, and he actually since came out and said that that's not quite true. So he cleared that up for everybody. But point still stands that it's a it's a it's a good feeling. It feels like you are literally growing. You feel like you you are growing that muscle. So people like doing that, and then they just don't question it. And when you look at the very top bodybuilders, they're gonna be doing these splits and growing from them regardless. Because the top bodybuilders are the top bodybuilders because they are the genetic elite. It's kind of... um, It's it's like... Bodybuilding and athletics are two of the most sports where... It comes down to like... Almost like genetics is going to be one of the big... If not, is by far the biggest factor in whether you are successful at that endeavor, right? I could have trained perfectly from like the age of three, uh, as hard as I could and as perfectly as I could um, for either bodybuilding, and I'm quite a big guy for either bodybuilding or athletics. And I still would like, fuck, I'd be so far away from like a, a, a high level, like a proper professional, elite, international level. It's ridiculous. And even from a bodybuilder standpoint, you could give me all the gear from the perfect age as well. I'd be big. Like, you'd see me walking in the street and I'd be impressive. But would I be a top bodybuilder? No, right? And so the top bodybuilders are the ones that have just the most genetics. doesn't mean that they're doing whatever, like, their training regime is perfect. It usually means that whatever training regime they do, they fucking grow because they've got, like, these amazing genetics. So they would happen to do the body part splits because that's where it's everywhere you see it on every magazine and every website so then they would do these body part splits enjoy them grow from them why would they change it they would just keep doing it keep growing it and then they're the best because of the genetics Um, and obviously they still train hard and it's still somewhat effective for the reasons that i've already sort of laid out but it's you know it's not because it's by far the best. And then, so then you've got like selection bias. Like if you look at, if you listen to Ronnie Coleman on the Joe Rogan experience, for example, like bless. like I love the dude, man. Like he inspired me a lot when I first started training, like watching his clips back in the day, him screaming out, yeah, buddy, and doing all that stuff. It's awesome to watch. Now, does he know too much about his own training? <laughs> not really. Like, you look like you hear him talk about it, and he, you know he sounds like a nice guy. Uh, he sounds like he knows what he like some of the things he knows, but clearly he doesn't. Like I would actually, you know, if if you were to ask me, hey, Ronnie Coleman wants to train you for free. Uh, if he said yeah, you could tra- he could train me for free, I might just do it for a bit, just for Bance, but probably not. Like, and that's not me being arrogant. That's just me saying he's a top bodybuilder because of his genetics and and obviously how hard he worked, how much fun he had. Um, how well he recovered because of how low stress he is. All these things sort of merge into him being an amazing bodybuilder, but it's not because of his own training knowledge. Um, and so, when you look at what the top people are sort of putting out there, it there's a lot of selection biases. You know, they're just they happen to be the best. You know, I always say use 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 use. I used to use the example like you wouldn't um, think Wayne Rooney would be like the the most amazing. Wouldn't if you took if you asked Wayne Rooney what would his advice be to make you the best football player in the world? Like, what's he What's he going to say? Just just be really good? Like, he doesn't really know too much. He just happens to be really good at this sport. It's, same, it's definitely the same thing for bodybuilders, if not even more so. So, with that all being said, why do I prefer full body workouts and those variations? Basically, because it's... Um, let's see. Let's do it the same way that I just did the why the bodybuilders are science-wise like actual physical science what's the best um it, it's clear that it's we're still unsure on how like what exactly frequency effects in terms of muscle growth but we know for strength and for um muscle growth in general two times a week At least is optimal one time a week is actually definitely definitely significantly below the optimal amount of times that you would train a muscle in order to make it grow as fast as it can uh this isn't again this isn't to say that one times a week cannot work but two times a week is almost definitely always better um so and and that's been clear in studies after studies after studies after studies um from there we sort of say okay if two times a week is good is three times a week better it depends um more th- like the sort of principles that i would apply is like the more often that you train a muscle the more volume it needs each session it's like what i said before Your What you're doing with your training is you're trying to find like over the course of weeks and weeks and weeks, a good volume to get the results that you want to get. Now, that volume is a weekly volume. It's not a daily volume or a session volume. It's a weekly volume that you then would divvy out over the sessions. There's a rationale to say that if you train, you know, the more often you train a body part, the more volume you could get because you've just got that much more time to do it you you could also argue that you've got you're going to get more volume because you can you're fresher right so let me get into that right real quick if you did three if you did three sessions a week two sessions a week or one session a week and, and your goal was to get your 15 sets of train you know your 15 sets for uh, a given exercise or a given muscle part you if you were to do it one time a week you would have to get all 15 sessions in that one uh, training session Okay, if you were to do it two times a week, you'd have one session with seven, one session with eight. If you were to do it three times a week, you could do five, 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 evenly split it out. Now, on a set standpoint, that would be the same volume. Now, if you took the same weight and had a rep range to aim for and you said, right, I'm going to push this weight to failure, or if you took a... Uh, You could you could choose the weight, and you would just try and hit a ten rep max or something. Or you you know you train at an equally good intensity. When you're doing the five plus five plus five in in three different sessions, you're going to lift more volume because you're going to either do more reps because you're fresher, um, or you're going to lift more weight because you're more fresh. Um, Hopefully that makes sense. If you're in so, for example, if you're say you do say we get let's do squats for example right front squats five sets back squats five sets leg press five sets okay by the time you get to the legs press in the one session a week with 15 sets you're already going to be pretty knackered your legs are going to be pretty tired your lower back's going to be tired you're going to be like Uh, your respiratory your lungs are going to be pretty gassed because you've already done 10 sets of fucking squats you're going to be tired okay then you've got to load up that leg press and you've got to try and you know really push that out for another five sets versus if you're doing just three sessions or if you're doing just five sets in your three sessions then you know it's a separate day so you've got a completely new day maybe you've trained another muscle part before that but nothing like 10 sets of squats you can then load up the leg press and smash it and actually have a really productive session because of it. So that's a really practical standpoint as to why, like from a practicality standpoint and and an actual overall total volume and how much stimulus you can get out of it, why I prefer dividing your training up over several sessions hi guys i just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies that is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions the physique nutrition crash course video series the supplement guide and newly added is a macro calculator yes that's right a macro calculator where you will be able to Work out your protein, carbs, fat, and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from. This will help in conjunction with your 50 free conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete. All that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown if that wasn't enough, then we're looking at the science. It's clear also that the more volume that you train with, like you, you've got to understand that a muscle is not just a muscle. A muscle is comprised of different fibers, right? You've got your fast twitch and your slow twitch. And if you really dig into the science, you will know that there are actually two different types of fast twitch fibers. And uh, they both grow uh, you know, at different rates according to different exercises and different rep ranges that you and different stimulus that you give those muscles um for the most part the more volume that you use actually not even for the most part this is again crystal clear in the science the more volume that you use in a training session the more you'll start to train those type one those slow twitch fibers because the fast twitch fibers they're like a bright um you know slow twitch is like a bonfire fast twitch is like a really fast firework it's a big explosion boom a lot of energy but then it's done that's your fast twitch fibers that and they can only last for so long so you so again when you're in probably like by the time you're in your 11th 12th 13th 14th set of a given session on that on the same muscle group your muscle fibers your fast twitch fibers are are, are pretty knackered by that point. So they're not going to put too much effort in, which means you're going to rely a lot on your slow twitch, which are strong, but slow twitch, they're a lot slower, um, which means that they're not as effective for like out-and-out strength and definitely not as effective for out and out power you will lose power if you do too much volume in a session that's why i always say when you're doing a power and a speed session specifically you should leave that session feeling fresher than what you started it because you should be just awake you should have had that bang and then you're out of there you're not trying to keep lighting that same firework because it's just going to burn out even worse um and so the more you train again, the more volume you train in a given session, the more you'll train those type 1 fibers, which means they'll the growth for them will be or the the yeah the way your the system's in place to grow your your muscle will favor those type 1 fibers because they'll be pretty destroyed and that the slow twitch fibers they'll be pretty destroyed and they'll need to grow because they're the ones that were most used in that session. Whereas if you just trained your fast twitch fibers, then of course you would then preferentially uh, recover and um, grow those fibers, which means you're growing a, essentially you're growing a faster muscle, right? You're growing a more efficient, especially when it comes to rugby, um, like muscle fiber that will help you more out on the field, help you gain more strength, help you be more powerful. And in fact, you'll even, you'll, I mean, you're not going to get, it depends on what level you're at. Like if you're at a high level, then actually you will, if you, if you train too much volume, you could actually absolutely get slower and you'll see it from people, you know, you see those people in, in like local rugby clubs where they get so muscular that they get slower. This is the reason because they train with so much volume per muscle group, which means that they end up growing more type one fibers, which means more of their weight is type one now for the bodybuilder that doesn't matter right because all you're trying to do is increase the muscle size the appearance of the muscle size doesn't matter like you're not on stage as a bodybuilder or even if you're a fitness model you're not getting pictures taken lifting giant weights and showing how strong you are you're showing what you look like whereas if you're like this is the rugby muscle podcast we're training we're training here to have our muscle grow for rugby which means it needs to perform which needs it needs to be stronger which means we cannot do too much volume per muscle group in a given session because not only will it train preferentially train the slow twitch fibers and grow the slow twitch fibers which make you heavier without a purpose it will also uh, and this is probably like even the the worst stat, the worst point about it is that you know, you've got two types of fast twitch fibers right you have type 2x which is very 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 fast like the stuff that you'll use in out and out sprints one rep maxes etc then you've got 2a fibers which are sort of they're adaptable they could be uh they're like semi-fast you know they're for when you're doing like a 200 meter sprint because you're obviously not doing slow twitch but by that point you've burnt through your 2x fibers and you're not using absolute power and absolute speed but you're doing as high intensity as you can those 2a fibers and it and what your body does um, if you're doing a real high volume session is actually convert those two X fibers to two A fibers. So your muscle fibers that would really um, preferentially fire as fast as they can, as explosively as they can. For example, making a massive hit, massive tackle, uh, doing a really effective carry. Uh, any of those, any action that you do, pretty much that is worth a note in rugby is done using 2x fibers your body is actually going to convert those to 2a fibers so you have less of those 2x fibers you have more of those 2a fibers which isn't like a i mean that itself the fact that you lose your 2x fibers is a negative getting more 2a fibers isn't overall a massive negative because you know it helps for just general if there's a long phase of play but as we've discussed time and time and time again on this podcast you're looking at 10 to 20 seconds at most for a, um, a high intensity activity in rugby. 20 seconds being like never really happens. It's about 5 to 10 seconds, if that, of your impact and then you're recovering. So you're taking away from how effective those 5 to 10 seconds of impact could be if you do too much volume in a session. Hopefully that makes sense. If anyone's on the watching live, um, let me know if you have any questions or if that does make sense. I will start to move on and potentially come back if that was uh, confusing for you. Now, again, bodybuilders are okay with that. Um, if you're if you're training for only for how good you want to look, that's okay. It's, you're okay to gain type two fibres, and in fact, maybe you would preferentially do that because. Those fibers uh, have a lot more growth potential. That's why you don't see like it's actually why you know the top athletes, uh, sprinters and stuff like that. You can get too big. Like you, otherwise, they would just be giant. Because you're like, well, if you want to be as fast as you can, you've got to grow the biggest legs that you can. There's a point where that like trades off, right? Cool. Um. So, in terms of like how you would actually program it. And how how you program your splits over your week, you would essentially look at your life. Look at your life, look at when you train, look at um, when you wake up, when you go to work, when you go to bed, when you go to school, uh, family time, what time you, you eat dinner, all, you know, what time you do our social activities, what time you go to rugby training. You would plan that all out. Then you would look at, um, how many sessions you can make a week right you would also then at the same time like that would be one one um that be one like one page or one aspect that you would look at then on a complete different af- aspect you would look at what do you need to improve in your rugby right do you need to get bigger do you need to get um like what do you need the most then also like what do you want to improve upon the most can like be a certain aspect, for example, if you're already quite big, but you want to get a little bit bigger, and you also want to get faster, uh, or you need to get faster. Your need is that you need to get faster, and you also kind of want to get bigger. You're already strong enough, etc., etc., etc. Figure out what those two things look like exactly for you. Those two things are all like before we've even got into anything else, are going to make that program completely individualized already for you. It's gonna they're gonna fit around your schedule, uh it's gonna fit around your schedule. It's gonna do the movements, the the training standpoints that you need to improve, um, to get to your goals and whatever you want to improve upon. So already that is very unique to you. From there, like then we look at sort of a practicality standpoint. When's the most practical time for you to train? Um and again if some people say that oh I've only got uh, one 30 minute session to make a week that's the only time i can fit it in then like look at how much time you're watching tv look at how much time you're spending doing downtime where can you rearrange that um like for example for the most part an easy correction is getting in the gym and i said this on the podcast previously one of the easiest fixes is to go to bed earlier wake up earlier and you've got that more very early morning slot as a practicality standpoint to consistently hit the gym now, from a, once you've done that, then the way I like to do it is view your rugby days as like, you would split up your days as, all right, when can I go intense and when do I have to back off? Because you want to get maybe two if you can, three, like intense days where you're actually either working heavy, you're working powerful, you're working fast, you're working that real high output power um, conditioning type, which is, again, either heavy or fast or powerful anyway. And you're going to improve at those um, one of those aspects. Those would be ideally on your days that you train rugby because we're going to assume that your rugby days are going to potentially be overly stressful and fatiguing for your body. So you want to give yourself as much room to recover from those, which means that you're going to, you're going to consolidate your stresses. Basically means you're going to try and keep the things that are really highly stressful that are going to beat your body into the ground on the same day. That way you can get in, do the intense stuff, um, and then stuff and then recover on the other days. If you were to sort of spread out that load and you were to do heavy or powerful or intense work on those days away from your rugby, then you have really intense uh, rugby sessions. You're sort of highly stressed, highly fatigued all week. You're never recovered enough to really push that intensity, really push that uh, weight, that strength, that power as high as you would be able to. And especially when you're looking at it from a speed power aspect, you're never going to be fresh enough to train those qualities you're just going to be always like sort of fatigued and you're never going to be fully recovered. So it's always best to do your power power stuff um your speed stuff, your uh really heavy stuff on the same day that you do rugby. And I understand that that's not quite practical for everybody, in which case I would just keep them as far away from your rugby sessions. Like give yourself as much time to recover between um bouts of intensity as you can, okay? So, most most guys watching this are going to be training their rugby on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Ideally, you can train either Tuesday, Thursday after morning, or or if you're doing speed work, you could do the speed work before your or your power work directly before your training session. If morning training is out of it, then that's when I would do that. Then that means your other days are going to be low to medium days, which again can be customized to whatever you need to do could be technique work it could be hypertrophy work where you're just going in and hitting anything between 8 to 20 rep ranges Um, obviously the more isolation stuff that you do the less in overall body fatiguing it's going to be you could do um, core work you could do like low intensity aerobic work you can do anything to boost your performance at the low as long as you're keeping that intensity away from like being massively stressful and you can combat that by either like tapering the weight you can combat that by doing nasal breathing only you can combat that by tapering the speed that you lift that you could combat that by um doing only isolation movements that would also uh, be a feasible way to do it um and 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 in general that's that's kind of it that's how you would play it go about doing it now if you don't train rugby and you're only looking for like growth stimulus do do i still think that you should train full body every day and you should um have higher and lower days yeah i do i still think that that's by far the best way to do it because then you're going to mix up your intensities and that way you can still save yourself for as much um, effort in your high intensity days as you can while still getting a good stimulus on the low-intensity days by working, you know, 15 or 20 reps, and you're still getting that pump work as well. So then again, you're working across a spectrum of rep ranges. You're going to train a spectrum of fibers to get the most efficient growth that you can. Um, and then even if it's, like, you could do, right, and this is sort of the different aspects that you could do. You could do upper, lower, um, three days a week or i mean yeah so you do for a total of six sessions or you could do upper lower twice a week for a total of four sessions and i would still count those as as full body if for example you could do of those four sessions you did upper lower rest upper rest lower rest right that's your your training week you could do that and then you could do um like your calves or or glutes or a weak lower body part. On the upper body day as well. So then you hit that body part more often, you get more growth. Or you could do your, especially with the arms, like you could do biceps, triceps, it gets a bit sketchy with the elbow. You could absolutely do deltoids, you could do traps, um, and you could do abs on those, like all four of those days. Biceps you could do on all four of those days. Uh, If you did six times a week, you could do biceps on six of those or you could do biceps on four of those six sessions like so so you would do them on all three upper body sessions and then one of the lower body sessions uh, there are so many different. Like, again and then this is where and this is the kind of like this sort of brings us full circle as to how this is talking about the right tool for the right job it's not about what training split is perfect it's about what do you need to do over the week and how is that best divvied out Without knowing what you need to do over the week, it's very difficult to, to you know, to give you perfect examples of how you would divvy that stuff out. But I, hopefully I've done a good job here. Like hopefully I've sort of nailed it and, and sort of explained why the full body, like why you shouldn't look at splits as being like a black and white rule. Because you could do upper, lower, off, upper, off, lower, off, and you could train calves in all of those sessions and you could train biceps in all of those sessions realistically you're never going to create the amount of damage with just doing biceps like that they need to like that um would damage you so much that you cannot recover that you need to take days off to recover from biceps in fact some of the best arm growth um i myself personally and i have seen from a lot of other uh, trainees guys that i've worked with and just guys um like out there in in the uh, physique space, have come from when they've trained biceps every day. Same thing I've seen with uh, calves. A lot of people will say, like, if you do, if you have small calves, then one of the best ways that you can train it is just to train your calves every single day. So rather than look at the splits, look at what you're trying to do and then figure it all out. Um, look at the practicality of it. Like, there's also that in, in mind. Like, if you're doing uh if you're if you're if you're looking at upper lower, um and you're like, right, actually I also want to train my quads. Sometimes it's difficult because can't like if you're doing squats, it's difficult to train just the quads, or if you're like if you're just doing leg extensions, you know that like they're not as effective as like real heavy proper movements like squats, lunges, split squats, etc. But they're nowhere near as damaging. So is that really gonna be effective? Yeah, we're not overly sure. Um and so like look at it from a practicality standpoint like if you if you're doing lower body and you're like right i've already um you know taken 30 minutes to put to build up to you know 140 kilos on the squats then yeah you probably want to train heavy that with that stuff and you probably don't want to be doing that every single day or you probably don't want to be doing another Quad movement the next day, like or or one where you have to load it up. So really look at it from a practical standpoint. What applies to you? How you can divvy up the exact training that you need to do. And therefore, what do you need to do to improve? There is no perfect training split. There is no uh there is no like perfect methodology to do whatever. Like you could there is no terrible training split, it's whatever you need to do to fit your life. And it's whatever you need to do to fit the training that you need to accomplish in order to make the improvements that you want to make. Cool. Um, Oh, 40 minutes. Done quite well here. I think we will answer one more question just for the bands. Um, This comes from Lockie. He says, I've recently got a bunch of resistance bands. I've been leaving them around my apartment. Don't do that. Don't be a slob. Clean up your mess. I've started doing band pull-aparts, not really counting the reps. Jamie Lewis from Chaos and Pain mentioned doing random tube exercises throughout the day. Thoughts. Um. So, I, I again, it's like what I said earlier. Like, right tool for the right job. What's the purpose of this? Um, and you people will always say, "Oh, shoulder rehab," but shoulder rehab is. Like there could be so many different things, um, in order to get a strong, like there's so many things that can go wrong with your shoulder, which means there are so many different things that you could do to correct your shoulder. I've worked with people that have got weak pecs. Rare is that that is the case, but these people were swimmers and then therefore their shoulders actually came too far back. And the weak pushing muscles was what like made their shoulder like a, a bit of a dodgy shoulder. For the most part, that's the opposite problem that most people have with their shoulders. Most people are too—they do too much pushing work, whether that's overhead pressing or pressing vertically. Um, so therefore, your shoulders round forward, which means like you need to pull them back into place by getting stronger traps, stronger rear delts, and stronger like upper back muscles to pull them back to keep them in place. Um, and the best and band pull-aparts are fantastic for that as are face pulls but for the most part like that comes from a a strength and a hypertrophy standpoint so you would want to train that like you would train any muscle you would just want to preferentially try and grow that either by doing it first either by doing it more often or by really making sure that you are doing the most volume and really targeting doing that um like training face pulls training pull-aparts training uh bent over rear delt flies those sorts of movements are going to have more bang for your buck than just randomly doing band exercises each day now there's obviously a a grease the groove thing concept here where if you're just doing it all the time it could be good but again i don't like this grease the groove output and i I said this i think when we first went into lockdown like you like there could be a theory where people like oh i'm working from home now and i've got a home gym could i train like every two hours on the bench press and would i get stronger then the answer is no because you spent your you're spending so much time in that fight or flight um like uh, what's the word here you're spending so much time like in a real high stress state your fight or flight state yeah so that means you're not spending enough time in the recovery. And obviously we know that it's the recovery stage where you get stronger and where you um, get all that growth. So I don't like that. I think you're, you're, you spend too much time in a high stress in um, state, not enough time in your recovery. And you know, that's, there's a reason that even the top like weightlifters, strength athletes don't train all the time because they could, if they wanted to, um, you know the most often and most frequent you see people train is olympic lifters and they might train up to 10 sessions a week you know a couple two a days but they still really spread those apart they build up to the intensity and then they get the fuck out and they recover they don't just consistently do it throughout the day if that was the most effective way trust me you would have seen it by now that's what people would be doing um now that is looking at the like how you would use the bands and how you'd rehab the shoulders from like a strength standpoint from like, there's a weakness somewhere. If you're just really, really, really immobile and you're just trying to like sort of lubricate the joint, you're trying to get more rotator cuff. Number one, get stronger rotator cuff as well. But yes, this is where this might actually be some sort of benefit. Um, Overhead taps are my favorite. So if you have straight arms, um, try and keep your arms straight. You go all the way over your head, tap the back, Tap your lower back i'm i can't do this on this uh video but keep your arms straight there's a video of me doing them on youtube in fact i'll link that in the show notes here let me just make a note link front and back taps okay so that would be one of the the easiest like best bang for your buck lowest hanging fruit type of movement that you would do to lubricate the shoulders um but in general, that's not usually the, the problem of shoulders. The problem is some sort of weakness and some sort of instability. Um, but if you want to loosen them up, that's a really good way to do that. Um, maybe throughout the day could work. To be honest, I haven't done enough research on this. This isn't sort of like where... It, like I've always got enough benefit from strengthening the right areas to improve shoulder flexibility and stability versus... Just doing lots of stuff throughout the day. I kind of can see where it could work. I'm I'm just not overly convinced on that being the most appropriate. Um, and by all means, like Lucky, keep doing it, and let us, and maybe we'll revisit this in like a couple months, and we'll see. And you've got the most mobile shoulders in the world, and and turns out that was perfect. So, okay, I think we'll finish the podcast there. Thank you guys so much, as always, thumbs up, give it the hearts, comment below, again, because I'll get to this question, I'll get to these Q&As in the, or the, any questions asked on this Q&A, I'll get to them in the next one. If you're listening on um, Apple Podcasts, thumbs up, and if you ask on the YouTubes, I'll start answering the questions from the YouTubes as well, that would be great. Um, I'm going to do another two of these um, next week, I think they will be on either, I know one will be this time next week. Um, if I can get it at nine, if I can get it at nine o'clock my time, if I can get this fucking internet, <laughs> if I can get this fucking internet working, um, don't worry, we've got three more weeks in this apartment we can get the fuck out of this useless fucking at and shit internet. Uh, and we can actually find a good good connection, and stop. Ugh. Mobile companies in the US are the wor- internet companies are the worst. Like, what sort of service are they really providing? Like, the satellite's already there. I'm paying so much money. Just let me connect. Stop holding me back. Stop stopping me from doing a perfect, uh, perfectly timed live Q and A. You assholes. Anyway, that's by the by. Big rant over. Next week, Friday, nine AM my time, Wednesday or Monday, I'll let you know guys know on the Facebook group. If you're listening to this on the podcasts, Rubbing Muscle Athletes on Facebook, search for it, ask the questions, you'll get them all answered live. Hopefully I'll be we'll keep wearing the loud shirts. Cheers, Tom. See you guys in the next one all right thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed that episode of the Robbie muscle podcast then i've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request all i want you to do is go to apple Podcasts and type up a five star review just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback but also helps us reach higher rankings get more exposure allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all around podcast experience for you All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know you've got it and then every single week I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone or if that doesn't interest you then we've got one free consultation where I'll go over your training program, your nutrition and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps to show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate it if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.